Welcome back to Squirt Sports Podcast. I'm those this podcast, Lane Frank. We're now episode 108. It's our 108 episodes through, and I got action packed episode planned for you. We got the conference championships and NFL set. We got the fan segment coming up. We got a great fan this week for that fan segment. Tune in. We got some great stuff going on in the Australian Open, college basketball, NBA. Stay tuned for action packed episode 108. Stay tuned. All right, let's start out episode 108. How we always do with the headlines in the NBA. Lakers are making moves right now. They're grabbing former top 10 overall pick in 2018 NBA draft, Rui Hashimura. He's going over to the Lakers for Kendrick Nunn. Kendrick Nunn got kind of a guy who had a really good season. Then the bubble kind of messed him up. Really never found his way in the NBA again. Undrafted guy, but Rui Hashimura getting swapped for Kendrick Nunn. He's going over to the Los Angeles Lakers. Will he help LeBron James out? Will he contribute to his team? Leave your thoughts in the comment section or will he remain NBA draft bust? Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Milwaukee Bucks, everybody. This is a team where if they're healthy, they're the best team in the NBA. They're getting healthier right now. You got Chris Middleton coming back. Giannis is playing great right now. Drew Holiday's coming back. It's an interesting thing to look out for right here. Milwaukee Bucks, getting healthy at the right time. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. James Wiseman, another player, getting healthy at the right time. This is a guy we really haven't seen showcase his talents in the league because he came out of Memphis. We never really saw him play in college because he got suspended. Then we see him to draft number two overall, kind of get hurt his rookie season, a little bit of a lackluster rookie season. Then the next season, obviously same thing, injuries, they don't make it out of the play-in. Next season, Warriors win the NBA championship. He doesn't play a single game, gets hurt in the G League. So right now, you see James Wiseman coming back. Interesting to see how he does in his new role with the Golden State Warriors. He's not going to be this all-NBA type player. And I think they kind of missed their window to trade James Wiseman because there was a point in time where the Warriors could trade James Wiseman, trade Jonathan Kuminga, Moses Moody for some all-world superstar. But now they can't really do that anymore because James Wiseman kind of just looks like damaged goods. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. Sacramento Kings, everybody, they're number three in the Western Conference right now. Like that beam. The winning beam that he's got going right now in Sacramento. They're playing so great. Excited right now. Best offense in the NBA. I mean, they just had great draft picks. Kenneth Murray, obviously, going over to the Kings. The early NBA draft. Devonta Sabonis trade looking amazing. They held on to De'Aaron Fox. I mean, it seems to be great. When they gave up Marvin Bagley, that was obviously a horrible draft pick. But they made up for it. Getting Murray. Getting Devonta Sabonis. Love the moves the Kings are making right now. Love the way the Kings are playing right now. Leave thoughts in the comment section. Orlando Magic Air Play, they're also doing well right now. They got the great young core, and now you got an amazing NBA defender, Jonathan Isaac, coming back. Let's see how he does. Hasn't played since the bubble. Jonathan Isaac obviously played great at times in his NBA career on defense, especially. I'm interested to see how he does with this new Magic team. I mean, not too many guys can be familiar with playing with, which you have to wait and see. Leave your thoughts on that in the comment section. That's about for the NBA. Headlines of a tour to the NFL with action packed divisional round. Dallas Cowboys, everybody. America's team goes down yet again. Divisional round, Cowboys lose again. Worst play of all time. Last play of the game, Ezekiel Elliott gets bull rushed by Dre Greenlaw. Dak Prescott throws a horrible pass. They lose the game. Dak Prescott threw too many interceptions this game. This is not on Brett Maher missing one extra point because that doesn't matter at all. San Francisco 49ers, they did beat Dallas Cowboys. And I think it maybe even has a little bit to do with Mike McCarthy being a little bit worried because earlier in that drive, when Dak Prescott threw the interception and then the 49ers went down to kick a field goal before the end of half, they could kick the field goal. Brett Maher, they didn't kick the field goal. They got the first down, but then threw an interception a few plays later. So if you kick that field goal, get those three points. 49ers probably don't get those three points later on in that drive. So swings the game over a little bit. Leave thoughts on that in the comments section. Cowboys go down. I can't talk, though. I'm a New York Giants fan. What a horrible showing that was by Danny Dimes and Saquon Barkley. Got an interesting offseason coming up for the Big Blue. Jacksonville Jaguars, everybody. Trevor Lawrence, they showed fight. They showed grit. They fumbled in the red zone. Can't do that. Late in the game, Jaguars getting eliminated. Buffalo Bills, everybody. We're going to rant on them later. But right now, Buffalo Bills, defense looks horrible. Offense looks stale. Leave your thoughts on them in the comment section. That's about for the lines in the NFL. Let's move to college basketball to wrap it up. Purdue, everybody, they're still rolling. They win every single close game, it seems like. 
I think they're 18-1 right now. They got a big game coming up on Michigan. On Thursday, last time they played Michigan, Michigan boat raced them by 25-plus. Interesting to see how it goes. Hunter Dickinson for Zach Eady, part two. So, Purdue playing great right now. They're one of the best teams in the country. Alabama, I think they are the best team in the college basketball right now. I'm going to explain that in College Troops Madness in a little bit, but Brandon Miller playing great. Nate Oates coaching great. It's just a really good squad in my opinion. Alabama playing great right now. They're the best team in college basketball. Houston, everybody, they picked up their second loss this season to Temple with Owls. This is a Temple team that has some good wins, but also they have a lot of losses. So it's interesting to see how Houston rebounds after this bad loss. That's about the headlines this week. Leave thoughts in the comment section. All right, we're nearing the end of Squirt Sports NFL Game Day. The second to last Squirt Sports NFL Game Day. We're not even getting picked the Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl isn't even a real thing anymore. So, conference championships this week. And we got the Super Bowl in two weeks. Let's pick the conference championship games this week. We got 49ers versus Eagles. We got Chiefs versus Bengals. Let's hop into it. 49ers versus Eagles up in Philadelphia. This is the day game. I got the San Francisco 49ers win this one. I think they outcoach the Philadelphia Eagles. I think Kyle Shannon outcoaches Nick Sirianni. I think Shane Steichen and John McGann have head coaching drops on their mind right now. Give me the 49ers over the Eagles. Brock Purdy makes the Super Bowl as Mr. Relevant in his rookie season. Chiefs versus Bengals. The Bengals have owned the Chiefs and the Joe Burrow to Mar Chase Sarah. I mean owned. They got 3 0 right now. They obviously beat them in the conference championship game last year. No tradition lives forever. Andy Reid doesn't get out coached by Zach Taylor. They win this one. I think coaching is what impacts these conference championships games. Kyle Shanahan has been in this position before. He's won and he's lost. Andy Reid has been in this position before. He's won and he's lost. Give me the Chiefs over the Bengals. They've lost them Cincinnati twice and they obviously lost last year in Kansas City in the conference championship game. That was a little bit of a fluke. Give me Kansas City in a tight one against Cincinnati Bengals. Let's go Chiefs. Let's go 49ers. We got a rematch of Super Bowl 53 from a few years ago. Let's do it. Chiefs versus 49ers in the Super Bowl. Brock Party, it's Patrick Mahomes. Those are my picks. Leave thoughts in the comment section. All right, top five now. Top five, everybody. Here are my top five NBA hot takes. Kind of entering midseason a little bit. We're nearing the All-Star break. Here are my top five NBA hot takes. Let's hop into it. Number five, the Charlotte Hornets are very bad right now. And they need making some moves in the offseason. I think it's either getting Victor Wambanyama, the NBA draft pick. It's either training for a superstar, getting rid of some guys in the team. Because right now, this isn't working. You're 12 and 35 right now, and you got Lamella Ball, who's one of the best young players in the NBA. Don't waste that talent. Do better, Charlotte Hornets. Do better, Michael Jordan. You're the owner of this team. Steve Clifford needs to do a better job of coaching this team. Hornets, number five. Number four, Zion Williamson and New Orleans Pelicans can be feared. They can be dominant, but he can't be durable enough. They're not durable enough right now. Any player, Zion Williamson especially, he's hurt right now. I think Zion can be the most feared player in the NBA if he's healthy. I think he can win MVPs if he's healthy. I think this Pelicans team can win championships if they're all healthy. It just determines on that. Willie Green is an amazing head coach, but right now, the thing holding them back is injuries. That's my take right there. New Orleans Pelicans, they can win championships. They can be a dynasty. Need to get more healthy. Need to be more durable. That's my thoughts right there. New Orleans Pelicans, number four. Number three, Cleveland Cavaliers. And I said this last year will be an NBA dynasty in the Eastern Conference. They will run the East. They will be a top three team in the East for the next 10 years. I don't doubt that. Darius Garland, Dov Mitchell, Evan Mobley, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Love's going to be there for a few more years. This is a very exciting team in my eyes. Cleveland Cavaliers, number three. They got the vets. They got the young guys. Ricky Rubio's coming back. I don't doubt this team can make the conference, champion, uh, conference rounds, whatever it might be. Maybe the NBA Finals. Cleveland Cavaliers, number three. Number two, the Oklahoma City Thunder will be feared, and it can be a different type of team in the playoffs, if Chet Holmgren comes back healthy. Say you have a big three of Shea Gillard, just Alexander. 
You have Josh Giddy, and you have Shed Holmgren. I think this is a very, very solid squad that can probably do some damage in the play-in or in the first round of the NBA playoffs to make the second round right there. Conference semifinals. Thunder. That's my hot take right there, number two. And number one, my biggest NBA hot take, the Phoenix Suns aren't making out of the first round. The way they've been playing right now is not well. They got Devin Booker, who's not playing great right now. Yeah, Rui Hachimura. This is a team that started the season 15-6. and six. Now they're sitting about 22-24 and 24 right now. That's a problem. Jared, Jay Crowder obviously needs to be moved. DeAndre Ayton obviously doesn't want to be there. Monty Williams, kind of that coaching ride going over right now. I think this team's ride ended when they got destroyed by Dallas Mavericks in Game 7 last year. Phoenix Suns won't make it out of the first round of the NBA playoffs. That's my number one hot take. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about for Top 5 this week. Now, did you know, this week, it's kind of a double, did you know? It's a little bit about college football, and obviously a little bit about NFL. Let's hop into it. Jalen Hurts, when they defeated the New York Giants on Saturday night, that was terrible for the New York Giants, he was the first Alabama quarterback since the 80s to win a playoff game from Alabama, to go to Alabama, win an NFL playoff game, first quarterback to do it since the 80s. Kind of shocking right there. Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. Jalen Hurts, first Alabama quarterback to win a playoff game in the NFL since the 80s. Did you know that? Leave that in the comment section. And the other one is, Texas football has no players on the Bengals, the Chiefs, the 49ers, or the Eagles. So they have no players in conference championships this week. And Oklahoma, their arch rival, arch nemesis, has the most with nine. That's rivalry separation right there. That's the crazy Alabama stat. Did you know that this week? That's about for the double. Did you know? The spotlight this week is name, image, and likeness, NIL, as people like to call it. The most interesting thing, taking over sports right now, all of sports, or just college sports, name, image, and likeness, where a player can get paid to play in college. And the main example of that this week was Jaden Rashada, five-star quarterback, he committed to Florida, signed a $13 million NIL deal to stay at Gators, to be a Gator, for four seasons for $13 million. And he accepted it. And then he signs his letter of intent. And when you sign your letter of intent, that's not you can't just decommit after that. You're signed in. You're locked in with the school. But the NIL deal fell through. It's not going to Florida anymore. It's taking visits to Colorado, taking visits to TCU. But why do we just let this happen so easily without any, without any problems, without any NCAA restrictions? Because the recruit was just promised $13 million from Florida, the university. That can't happen. It has to be from another sponsorship, not just the Gator Fund. That's what they call it right there. I think this is an issue right here because obviously the money fell through. Jaden Rashad has to find a new home. These teams, Ford has to find another quarterback. But this is the main problem with college football because NCAA is more focused on Jim Harbaugh buying a recruit a hamburger than Jaden Rashad getting promised $13 million to play football at Florida and then not going there. We're making this like the NBA. We're making this like pro sports, which it shouldn't be. That's the problem with NIL right now. NIL playing way too big of a role in college sports. It needs to be sanctioned. You can't just promise a recruit $13 million to stay in college for four years. There are the upsides to NIL. Say the Michigan one more year fund. You got all the Michigan players coming back this year except for two. You have Zach Zimmer coming back. Blake Corm coming back, who was a Heisman contender this year. So that's the good part of NIL. But then this is the bad part of NIL. Are you on the good side or the bad side of name, image, and likeness in college sports? I think it has a bigger impact in college football than it does in college basketball. Because in college basketball, you're going straight to the league. You're probably, I mean, most college basketball players get paid anyways. So yeah, that's my thing right there. The NIL. That's my issue with it. The Jane Rashada issue is the main example of it. Leave thoughts in the comment section. That's why I'm from my spotlight this week.
Alright, Squirt Sports fans, let's keep moving with episode 108 with the fan segment. You know how we roll. I think this is the fourth time we've done it now. This week, I have Jamie Frank, my brother. You saw Drew Frank a few weeks ago. We're going to talk about sports. Jamie might be the only person in this whole world that knows more about sports than me. I still must say I know more, but he knows a lot. He's knowledgeable. Let's see how he does right here. We're going to go at him. Jamie, best person to debate with. Thanks for dropping on. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Lane. Excited to finally get to debate you on the show because I know we do so much arguing in person. Yeah, yeah, I always win those arguments. Kind of like how Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp, I always win. But uh, yeah, let's start off. You know how we roll? One big hot take. What is it? Lay it on me. Yeah, I'd have to say, I think that uh, after the trade deadline in the NBA, I think the Knicks will be serious title contenders in the playoffs. I think that if they trade for one more big star during or before the deadline, I don't see how they can't contend for a title when they're fully healthy. They've already had a Mitchell Robinson injury, which set, set them back a little, but they're, they're still not even in the play-in zone, so their playoff spot is totally safe right now. Brunson is playing the best he has in his career. Randall's back to an all-star level. R.J. Barrett is playing well, but that could just boost his trade value also. I don't see who can compete with the Knicks when they're fully healthy and have another superstar. You know, you and Drew both up on here, and you both say the New York Knicks are going to be title contenders, and I'm a Knicks fan too, but I fully disagree with that. I don't like that take at all. I don't think it's going to happen. Jalen Brunson dribbles too much. Julius Randle can't take the final shot. This is not a team built to win a championship. I'm a Knicks fan, not a team to get built to win the first round, second round. I don't care what you say. This New York Knicks team, not built for the playoffs right now. That's my take. Exactly. That's why I think uh, they need to trade for someone who is built for the playoffs. Doesn't even necessarily have to be an all-star. Maybe just a, a very good vet or just someone with a lot of experience. Give me Maybe a name. someone like Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan type. Not okay. like super, superstar but definitely all-star or just below. What about Jamal Murray? What about uh, Miles Turner to pair with Mitchell Robinson? What if, but a guard or a power forward center? Yeah, someone. I don't think uh, Miles Turner would work out well because Mitchell Robinson still plays well, but yeah, someone like Jamal Murray, like maybe not exactly him because that would conflict with Brunson, both of them being point guards, but just someone in that skill range, like experience type. I don't see how any team would stop a team with three all-stars that just plays so well together, like, has good coaching sometimes. All right. You came on here. Throw a take at me. Wasn't the greatest take. We still laid some points out there. Thanks for doing that. All right. We haven't done this or that on the show in a while. So we're going to do this or that right here. I'm going to give you a few names in the NFL, a few names in the NBA, and we're going to talk about it. So two names right here. Start NFL franchise today. Trevor Lawrence or Justin Herbert? You already know I'm riding with Herbert. Trevor Lawrence, easy. I mean, I know Herbert's like your favorite player ever. Nope. I don't know why you're so high on him, but Trevor Lawrence has achieved so much more in two years, basically only one because he's only had a competent coach for one year. Same can be said for Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert in their first playoff of both of their first playoff appearances. So I don't know how you could ever make the case for Herbert over him. You may think Herbert has better talent, but he definitely has not shown it at all in what, like three, four years in the league. And Trevor Lawrence has shown it in one normal year. So give me Trevor Lawrence all day. Justin Herbert might not even have a competent head coach right now. Brandon Silly blew a 27-point lead. He was the defense coordinator at William & Mary two seasons ago. You had Andy Lynn your first season. Andy Lynn probably doesn't even... I mean, Andy Lynn was just a terrible head football coach in the NFL after the Phillip Rivers era. So yeah, I disagree with you. I'm going Justin Herbert. Turn on the talent level. Justin Herbert is there. That's not his fault, well, the 27-point loss. 27-point blow. Those lead. coaches may be bad, but none of them compared to Urban Meyer going around kicking his own players during practice, like uh, not even knowing how to call plays, has no idea how the NFL works. I mean, and blowing a 27-point lead in your first playoff start to the guy we're comparing him to, I don't know how you could say he's better. And you could say that was bad coaching, but you got to score more than three points in the second half. I mean, at some point, you have to get worried that the other team is coming back and step it up a little no matter, no matter how bad your defense is doing. 
Who says this is Herbert's fault? He gets the 27 points, and then the defense blows it. You just get that big of a lead. Not your fault. Not your fault if you're the quarterback. Well, I mean, no matter what, if you score 27 points in a playoff game and the other team scores 33, obviously, or 30, whatever, you're obviously going to lose. So he, he obviously just gave up after the first half. And you can call that bad coaching and call that whatever. You need to score more than three points in the second half of a playoff game to win. All right, let's keep things going. Let's move to NBA. NBA draft prospects specifically. You're the Charlotte Hornets. You're very bad this season. You're probably going to end up a number one pick, have a shot in number one pick, end up top three lottery. You have LaMelo Ball, who's amazing, but you're kind of wasting his talent right now. Have a number one pick. You take Victor Wembanyama, who could be the greatest big man of all time, or you take Scoo Henderson and try to build the best backcourt in the NBA. No, give me uh, Wembanyama. I don't even think this is debate. He's a once-in-a-lifetime type athlete. No. Name one other athlete or prospect ever that is 7'4", can play like a guard, runs the floor like a guard, can shoot amazing. Like, there's never been a player like him ever. I don't see how this is a debate. Chet Henderson definitely has talent, but talent, you just have to completely overlook that when you see how one Bignon is built. Okay, okay. Let's move on to NFL right here. Lamar Jackson or Tua Tungvalo? We obviously see the injuries with Tua, but we see the upside of Lamar Jackson. A guy who's from Florida, a guy who liked the tweet last offseason with him in a Dolphins uniform. Mike McDaniel, very innovative head coach. You have Tyree Kill. You have John Waddle. Yes, Tua probably was a better quarterback than Lamar Jackson when both healthy this season. Neither of them are that healthy anymore. Neither of them that durable. They're both injury prone. But say Lamar Jackson enters free agency, enters trade markets. Are you taking Lamar Jackson? Or are you taking Tua Tagovailoa if you're the Dolphins? I don't even know how this is a question. Give me Lamar Jackson all okay. day. I think people forget just like two, three years ago, he was the MVP by a mile. When he's playing healthy, the Ravens rarely ever lose, like ever. I think people forget that. And when he gets hurt, I don't think um, I read something that Anthony Brown has never scored more than 16 points in a game or something like that. So it's clear how much he 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 literally carries the Ravens on his back single handedly. He's clearly far better than Tua. Don't shade Anthony Brown like that. He beat Ohio State, helped Michigan that season. Don't shade Anthony Brown like that when he was at Oregon. Yes, he was a bad NFL quarterback. Obviously, has been bad NFL quarterback. But yeah, that's definitely a debate right there with Tua. The injuries and are there. Huntley, but- sorry, and Huntley. When, I mean, when Tua was there, when Tua was playing, he was a good quarterback this season. So I think it's definitely a debate. Good, but Lamar was great. Okay. When Lamar is healthy, the Ravens are Super Bowl contenders automatically. When he's out, I don't even think you can consider them like they're in top three pick. I think he burns out. Uh, category. I think he burns out in games because no. they always have a double-digit lead. And then they blow it. I think he burns out in games. I think he burns out in seasons. It's definitely a debate. I mean, I guess we'll see next year if Tua can even play anymore. I mean, that's definitely something to consider also. A shoulder or knee injury, whatever Lamar has, is very different from head. All right, I'm a tennis guy. You're not a tennis guy. We got the Australian Open going on right now. Give me who you think is going to win the Australian Open. Do you need uh, help on who's still in it? Because I know you uh, watch yeah, tennis. Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, yeah, Djokovic is still in it. Tennis on my free time a little bit. Stefano Sitzboss is still in it. You got Ben Shelton. American still in it. You got Tommy Paul, another American still in it. Andre Rublev's going off tonight against Novak Djokovic. So give me your pick. Karen Kachanov. I mean, great to see some young Americans still uh, in the running, but no one's beating the GOAT joker. I mean, he Not just has so much experience, like has some uh, motivation in the Australian Open specifically because they wouldn't let him in a few years ago, I think. So I don't think anyone's beating him. My pre-tournament pick was Stefan Sitsipas. He's still in it, so I'm right now with that. He's in the semis right now. That's my Australian Open pick. Let's move to soccer. This is the one sport you know more about than me. What's the future of the MLS, because you see rumors that Lionel Messi is going to take a massive bag to go to Miami. You see rumors Ronaldo's going to take a massive bag to go to LA, go to Kansas City. Do you think that's good for MLS? To pay these players like Al Nasser, Gang Ronaldo, 
giving him massive contract. Could MLS do that? Try to boost the sport a little bit. Maybe bring him some of these homegrown guys like Weston McKinney, Sergio Nadesk, Christian Pulisic. What's the future of the MLS? Yeah, I think it's definitely a good strategy to bring some of these older soccer players. Like Messi's the best player of all time. So it's obvious that he's going to draw a huge crowd to the stadiums and just um, kind of show more Americans about soccer and how fun it is to actually watch him play. So I think it is going to take a lot of money to get some of these stars back to America and like the European stars who just want to play in England. But I think it's definitely a good strategy. The World Cup being in North America in four years will help a ton. So I think soccer just has to grow as a game more in the U.S. and people will appreciate the MLS more and it'll just grow as a league and get more star players. This is a crucial next four years to the United States to build soccer, build soccer. I think World Cup helped massively help me understand soccer. I know so much about soccer now and I know you do too. Thanks for hopping on. I obviously won this debate. Leave your thoughts in the comments section. You think one debate I did, but uh, thanks for hopping on. Yeah, thanks for having me, Lane. Uh, it was nice defeating you in this debate. All right, Screw Sports fans, that was awesome defeating Jamie in the fan segment this week in the debate. But if you want to be on the fan segment, if you want to be on episode 109, leave your thoughts in the comment section. Comment on Screw Sports Instagram. We obviously leave a post out there. DM us. Shoot us a DM whenever you want. Come on, be the fan segment next week or in the future episodes. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. Right, let's talk a little bit about college basketball. I was talking about Alabama in the headlines and Purdue in the headlines and Houston. I said Alabama's the best team in college basketball. Purdue is number two. And I think Arizona might just be number three. This team is so athletic, so different, because they're so international. They have eight players from outside the United States. That's a lot. Tommy Lloyd knows how to recruit. Umar Balo, Azuas Tubelis, just great guys. Kirk Krisha. I can name a bunch of players on this team that are from international countries. Just a great squad that Arizona's got going right now. Great Arizona international play plan going on right now. But I think Arizona, really, really good squad. They took down UCLA in their McHale Arena the other day on Saturday. I think it's a very good Arizona squad. They're number three right now. This is a more experienced Arizona team than last season. This Arizona team can go on. They can win the NCAA championship. Don't be surprised they're cutting down the nets in April. Another team playing really well right now, Kansas State. Kansas State, though, I think they're a team that doesn't have too many star players. I think they're a team that can easily be around 32 exit, kind of like how Auburn was around 32 exit last year. I hope that doesn't happen with Kansas State, but I'm kind of seeing a little bit of vulnerability right now. We're five in the country. Kansas State still got some issues, in my opinion. Gonzaga, everybody, oh, this team's got issues. Four losses on the year. They lost to LMU the other night at home, snapped their home game winning streak. That's a team that if they were in that double tournament, they would be a 16 seed. So Gonzaga basically just lost to a 16 seed at home. If you make this team a one seed in Zaga, which I don't think they'll be, I think they'll be a three or four seed, they might get upset first round. That's the vulnerability right now with Gonzaga. They still have the talent, Drew Timmy. They still beat Alabama, gave Alabama one of their losses. Wouldn't be fully stunned if this is the team come done that's in April. But Gonzaga still got some issues right now. This is probably the least talented team they've had in the past three years, even though they had transfers, more experienced squad. So let's wait and see on Gonzaga. They're preseason number two. Obviously, have slipped down the rankings a little bit. That's my thoughts right there on Gonzaga. Bulldogs. Florida Atlantic, everybody. I want to see them in action the other night against UTEP. Florida Atlantic, ranked right now. They have one loss in the season. Ole Miss is a team that can make some damage in the tournament. They can make the Sweet 16. Michael Forrest, they've got some great players all around the court. They've got a seven-foot center from Russia. It's a very good squad. Golden. This is a very good squad all up and down the court. Florida Atlantic, they can make some damage in the tournament. College of Charleston, 18-1 right now. They're sitting at number 18 in the rankings, and they only have one loss in the year. It's North Carolina. They lost by 16 points, 102 to 86. But they're winning at halftime, if I recall correctly. So College Charleston still can make some damage in the NCAA tournament. My opinion, which they will make the NCAA tournament. They're ranked right now. 
That's about College Troops Showcase this week. Like, giving you a little bit of a College Troops rundown. We got the Big 12 SEC Challenge coming up this week. You got Texas versus Tennessee. You got Arkansas versus Baylor. It's going to be a really fun thing. This is when college basketball starts making a turning point because this is when people really start tuning into college basketball. Football's over. Cowboys have been eliminated by this time every year for officially, officially. So yeah, this is when college basketball starts to ramp up. Big 12 SEC Challenge type of time. It's my favorite time of the college basketball year outside of March Madness. Leave your thoughts in the comment section. That's about Hoop Showcase this week. Now, at the buzzer, I said I had a Buffalo Bills rant coming in here, and here it is. Buffalo Bills, they look stale, they look dull, they looked like a bland type of dinner. They looked like a schnitzel type of chicken schnitzel type of dinner in that Cincinnati Bengals camp. When at some time of the season, they looked awesome. They looked like a pizza type of dinner where they're so exciting all across the field, but in big games, they look dull. They look like that bland dinner. What is wrong with the Buffalo Bills? I think it starts out the defense and the running game. Ken Dorsey, obviously people had high hopes for him coming in this season as offense coordinator. You have Joe Brady, who's really a great quarterback coach. You, um, I just think this is a team that has too many holes on the offense side of the ball outside of Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen. Because you see those two players, and you're saying, whoa, that's awesome. They're best friends. They're great players. They can do great things with each other. But when you can't run the ball, you can't open up that connection. When you can't throw the ball to Cole Beasley, can't open that connection. When you can't complete passes, Dawson Knox can't open up that connection. When you get horrible field position because defense is terrible, can't open up that connection with Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. So this team has issues right now. I think they need to be assessed in the offseason because maybe that golden window is going out the way right now. I don't think they ever really had a Super Bowl window because this team has been struggling and struggling the past three seasons in the playoffs. They struggled against the Dolphins. They obviously had the horrible loss in the playoffs last year to the Chiefs, the horrible loss the year before in the conference championship. So what's wrong? It's the defense. Leslie Frazier has got to go on my eyes. You lose Brian Dable. That's obviously an issue. Ken Dorsey might lose him this offseason to the Carolina Panthers. He's might be head coach right there. Wouldn't be surprised to see that in the fall. But yeah, lots of things going on right now with this Buffalo Bills team. They're a little bit too bland. You want to be like that big thing. Buffalo Bills need to make some moves this offseason. Get maybe another tight end. Get draft tight end. I love Dustin Knox, but maybe draft another tight end. Draft some offensive line because you got talent on the field. Yeah, Ed Oliver. Talented. Yeah, Tremaine Emmons. Talented. Drew Poyer. Talented. Micah Hyde, same thing. But then you got some issues in there. Zach Moss, not on the team anymore. They trade him. He was one of their most best running backs. They trade him for Naheem Hides, who can really only return the ball. You don't have a running game right now. You need to take a running back. James Cook obviously is not a good running back right now. I don't think he will be. I think he'll be kind of a role player. Wanted Dalvin, you got James Cook. So that's my thing right there with the Buffalo Bills. And they obviously wanted Saquon Barkley at one point. They wanted Christian McCaffrey at one point. They're not getting either of those guys because they're both resigning with their squads. So that's my take right there on the Buffalo Bills. That's about for at the buzzer this week. Now, the best flash question day. This week's question day is, will Bronny James... Son of LeBron James, greatest basketball player of all time, be successful in basketball. Because right now, he unofficially gave his top three of Ohio State, Oregon, and USC, and he got named a McDonald's All-American this week, so he's kind of making strides in basketball right now. Will he be successful? Because kind of said that wasn't my really top three. I'm still exploring other options. I'm still exploring schools like Michigan, schools like Memphis, schools like UCLA. I might go to one of these schools. I think LeBron James, I think Ohio State's a fun option for him. I don't think he goes there. I think Oregon or USC... Because the Nike, because the LeBron connection, can't go to a school with Adidas, obviously, for 
LeBron reasons, Bronny James reasons. That's the thing to look out for right there. Bronny James, will he be successful in basketball? I don't think anybody really thought he would get to this great level at Sierra Canyon, but he has been playing great right now. LeBron James, interesting stuff right there. Leave with us in the comment section. Will Bronny James be successful in basketball? Not saying he's going to be the next LeBron James, but will he be a good college basketball player? I think his game might fit college basketball. Will he be good in the NBA? Leave your thoughts in the comment section about that. That's about for question day this week. That's about for Squared Sports and Lane Ferg, episode 108. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squared Sports on Instagram at Squared Sports. Leave a comment, shoot us a DM if you want to be the fan of the week. We obviously had Jamie this week. Follow us on Twitter for sports debates and topics. Follow Squared Sports on TikTok for awesome content. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, view the best sports content in the world. We'll be back here next week, episode 109. Stay tuned.